Hey, what up, everybody? It's DJ Doris E. And this is Maya Dorsey. Why you get so smooth as soon as we start talking? We you weren't just talking like that. Dude, I just pulled the mic up to my mouth. You you was Don't call me out. You would Don't got, call me out. You got all uh um smooth jams talking. Shut up. Anywho, uh and this is the Dorsey Den podcast. Come on in, sit your butts down. Um we are actually well, you but Well, I got the headphones up. That's good. Um we 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 are in the process of redesigning this room that we're in where you are. I'm just here. And uh, I can't wait because it's going to really give us the feel that we want. Mm-hmm. Right now, we kind of we got a table, got the mics on the table and uh, chairs. It, it's a spades table, but it works. It's not called a spades table. This is a spades table. It's called a card table. Card table, spades table, card table. <laughs> That's Tomato, right, folks. Tomato. They made it a spades table. Go ahead. To us, it's a spades okay. table. Okay. So but to other people that don't know what that is, it's a card table, folding table with four folding chairs. Anywho, go ahead. And I am a little hoarse because I have something, but you know we gonna push on. So if I sound a little graggy today. Yeah, 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 yeah. But so sorry that we wasn't here last week. We had to take a week off because. Maya has actually been on the road and her schedule just really you was here for one day and Literally. then back out. So I knew you was tired. I didn't really press I didn't really press it. Um Thank you, honey. Yeah, I didn't really press it. I was like, you know what, the week before was so good we can push that one again. So um but we back. And we are back on the heels of Jesse Smullett being not <laughs> Well, found all charges, all charges uh, dropped. dropped. Yes. I would say found not guilty, but all charges dropped. All sixteen counts. Is it possible that he was telling the truth the whole time? It's highly possible. He, I mean, he maintained his innocence the whole time. He did. He said he was not guilty, in spite of all these people coming out and the um, superintendent of the police force saying he was guilty. You know, which I thought was a little odd because I never really seen a police um, chief or, you know, someone really come out that strong against somebody. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of like in the midst of an investigation. I thought that was a little strange, but I thought they were being proactive but too. But the, so. the thing I thought was really strange to me is <coughs> Jesse Schmullett saying it was uh, some people yelling out MAGA and it was a racial attack True, and, and it was two black guys. In the story. Yeah, it I was mean, two black guys. That's the part that I'm still kind of like, huh? That's true. I mean, there's all kinds of question marks in this whole case, period. Only time but, to tell. With this well, whole no, thing. This case is sealed now. So, I mean, it's a done deal. They they agreed in the court today that everything was sealed. What does that mean? I mean, I know what sealed mean, but like, I mean, is it never going to come up again? No, it's not. And it's they're very limited on what they can reveal because they sealed certain documents and certain evidence when they closed the case today. Something ain't right. Yeah, I mean, they were talking about it because I was home today, sick. So I was watching it live on CNN, and um, they were talking about how his $10,000 cash um, bond, he ended up giving over to the state. Typically, you get that back. Um, If you put up the cash yourself versus a bills bondsman, then, you know, it goes to them. Mm -hmm. But when you put it up yourself, you usually get it back. And so he let them have his $10,000. So people were questioning, like, 
why didn't he why did he let them have it versus getting his money back you know if he's innocent but I guess that was some sort of agreement that he made with the prosecutors for them to keep the money which I don't see how that's gonna make the prosecution or the state rich off your ten thousand dollars but for some kind of way that was some sort of concession that he was gonna leave the ten thousand dollars in the system so very very interesting this this whole thing gives me a headache trying to even understand it yeah Uh, trying to understand it and it's interesting because i am on his fan page before this even happened i was a part of his fan page um and so like today on his and his fan page they done went strong on instagram i mean strong in what way they were like he is innocent from the beginning like he did not do this he is innocent he is innocent and so I mean, I'm just saying the support that he has, even with his fan page that didn't wet waver. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? So um, that's kind of how I learned about it, too, as I was scrolling through Instagram and I seen his fan page come up and it was like all 16 counts dropped. And I'm like, hmm, let me go to CNN. And then you text, you had texted me and then I went to CNN after you text me, too. So, you know, a lot of people are re- relieved at the same time. There's a lot of questions as well um, around the whole thing. So, you know. We'll never know. I guess not. And, and and I made a statement the other day, like, I don't know. I'm just, in 2019, a lot of stuff has just got me confused. Like, this case has me confused. Yeah. I I, I don't understand. <laughs> and I'm not going to even try to understand. Like, it, it, it's nothing to really, there's a lot to try to understand, but there's no point in even trying. No, I mean, listen, at the end of the day, if he lied to the whole world, you know, I believe in karma. Okay. And, and, it's going to come back. And Empire even but, got, took a hit because well, they had to write him off on the last two episodes. They didn't have to. I think that but was more did. of a political position that they did to try yeah. to keep their name as clean as possible in this situation because they didn't know what his, you know, whether he was innocent or guilty. He hadn't been tried. Um, and so they tried to do some. Um, what do you call it when you kind of get in front of a story? So I'm going to go ahead and put him on leave and take him off the show and rewrite everything. Proactive. So, you know, it's interesting to see now, like, how is that going to change his position and his mm-hmm. role with Empire? Mm-hmm. Will they, um, now that everything has been dropped, welcome him back? I think that's going to be a bit strange, especially if, I know Lee Daniels, I think they said that one minute he was like team Jesse and the next minute he was questioning Jesse. So as an executive producer with the actor, I'm curious on how that relationship would be sustained. Mm -hmm. I don't know, but I know like Taraji and um, Terrence Howard, they never wavered. You know, they really came out in support of him this whole time and believed him from the beginning to the end. So, you know, kudos to him. Um, you know, for clearing his name. And again, if he lied, guess what? You know, is somebody looking. Okay. Somebody know the truth. And so, you know, between him and God, they know the truth. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, the next thing, um, one thing that we really try to steer away from is politics and religion. And this ain't really religious, but Ayala. Man, what you old Lord about? Ayala. Where are you going? Okay, Ayala. Yeah. And, um, Leandria. Yeah, Leandria um Johnson. Johnson. Yeah. I thought it was a good episode. Now I really I, I I'm kinda Did like you see part two? Yeah, I seen both of them. Uh-huh. Uh I'm kinda in and out with Iyanla. Not just, you know, I catch the ones I think that are gonna be good. Some of them I'm kinda like, okay, I don't know nothing about Yeah, I'm a those t- I'm a fan of Iyanla, beloved. Yeah, I like Iyanla. She's 
That's my girl. She she'll keeps she'll it break you real. down. You know, and it and it really we we did a we did an episode uh where it was called Church Hurt. Mm-hmm. So there was I explained on Church Hurt, you know, growing up in the church and some of the things that I had and the way I feel about the church now, to where when I seen that Iyanla, Ayala, Iyanla, 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 listening to Leandria, there was parts of me that understood where she was coming from. Uh huh. Which parts? The hurt. Just the anchor towards the, the hurt. The 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 as a as a guy who as a DJ that started doing events geared toward the church, mm-hmm. and even even uh, Erica Campbell made a statement like. How they would try to make you have you do things for free, mm-hmm. and how the church would treat you as a, as an artist or as a musician or something or somebody that's gifted. How they would treat you, um, I felt that. Mm-hmm. So now I've now I've never really dealt with mine in a manner of drinking or anything like that because you know I got my theory with drinking. Like me. At first, I used to be like strongly against anybody drinking around me. Like, especially if you're a, if you're a Christian, you shouldn't be drinking. But now I'm like, I think I explained on here before. I don't know, but I'll explain yeah. again. It's kind of hypocritical because Party Instigator is based on Jesus' first miracle, which was turning water into wine. That's where the whole emphasis of Party Instigator came from. Jesus' first miracle was to keep the party going, mm-hmm. and if he didn't, the party would have stopped. So, when I got that thing in my mind, I was like, you know what? Ain't nothing really wrong with drinking. Something is wrong with being drunk. Mm-hmm. You know, based on biblical beliefs. Um, me, personally, I don't drink because I have an addictive personality. And I think if I find something that I like, I'll probably go overboard. You bring me some Simply Lemonade, it's going to be gone. But what with Leandria, Leandria Johnson, I think the situation with her is she was she would be drunk doing these periscopes or lives or stuff mm-hmm. and ranting. And Iyana said something that was so powerful. I was like, yo, that's true. Basically, she said it was like an African proverb. Speak well of those who do you well or something like that. I don't remember exactly what she said. Basically, it boiled down to don't bite the hand that feeds you. Get your quotes right. I don't remember what she said. It was something that she said. But it basically boiled down to don't bite the hand that feeds you. Mm-hmm. Speak well of them, even though if you don't agree or if you don't feel like they're doing you well, they they the ones who are getting you paid. Yeah, because she basically said, too, it's not really what you said was the problem. It's, it's how, how you, you said, said it. it. The yeah. venom that came with it, the anger that came behind it, that mm-hmm. brought people the wrong way. Mm-hmm. So I think that that was, it, it really made me question some things when it comes to her, I think I think with her she grew up in the church, mm-hmm. and her experience just made her, you know, spit venom at the church. And I understand. I get it. 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 And I think where Ayana was coming from was, look, that's your bread and butter, and the church kind of like raised you. Mm-hmm. Don't spit venom at them. But you got to go too to. I appreciated Erica Campbell being on there too because she was able to talk about it as well. 
her position as being a successful Grammy award winning um, gospel artist. Mm-hmm. And, you know, how you are asked to work. Like, like she said, the church can be some of the meanest people in the world. Mm-hmm. Um, you're asked to work for free, yeah. you know, in the name of Jesus. Been there. Um, you know, but she she affirmed her and validated her experience at the same time by encouraging her to, you know, do it a different way. But I think sometimes people get angry with God or the church when you feel like, Things have happened in your life and you're in this position of servants, service and, um, you know, positioning yourself and posturing yourself in a position of worship and praise and honor to God and things still happen in your life. So when her brother <clears throat> died, I think that kind of added fuel to her already fire of mm-hmm. different things that she was going through. Um, and so. A lot of times we do question God. We do question the church. We do start questioning our faith when things happen in our life because we're like, now I'm committing my whole life to God, to the church, to ministry, and that didn't protect me or prevent me from having this experience. Mm -hmm. And so I think sometimes when um, people go through things um, and you don't have a good community of people around you to kind of undergird you in those situations, it's easy to fall into anger. Yeah. I know for me, I've had situations where I've been angry, you know what I'm saying, with God. Mm-hmm. Because I feel like God allowed things to happen that I couldn't understand why did he allow this to happen when I'm, in my opinion, doing everything that I can to serve him, to... um be generous to people, give my life of service, you know, the work that I do. And it's like, these things still happen. And you see people over here who, you know, are living a life contrary to the way you're trying to live. And in your mind, it can be like they're prospering. You know what I mean? So you start questioning like, what formula am I doing wrong that they're getting right? Yeah. So I think it just kind of like, it's a matter of perception. Yeah. I think it just for her, it, it, she just kind of got to her boiling point. And then people in the church can be mean. I grew up in the church. I've been in the church my whole life. And people can be mean. Oh, and yeah. they can be very insensitive. Oh, yeah. And they want to manipulate the gifts that God gave you, too. You know? You know, one thing that, I, that I've learned, you just kind of said, manipulate the gifts that God gave you. Um, I, think, I think that's what kind of made me start turning a little bitter. Was when I discovered what I was supposed to be doing, I felt disrespected by the people who I believe loved me. And they wanted to misuse my gift. Ask when I invested in something and I put a lot of work into it. You want me to give it to you for free? But I felt like if you didn't do specific things in the church, they didn't look at you as valuable. Mm -hmm. So if you wasn't a preacher or a great singer, there was no money being passed around. So a lot of people try to run in those lanes. And you remember you remember me saying, I just want to be used for what I do. Like, mm-hmm. don't try to force me to be in something that I don't want to be in. Right. And um, the other thing, too, is I think with Leandria, she was raised in the church. And this is what I did. These, the, these are the questions that I have because and, and I've seen people, being raised in the church myself, I've seen people forced to go to church i was raised with people that was forced to go to church and or you hear about people that like pks mm-hmm. 
it's been so pushed upon them that when they finally get a, 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 a sense of freedom, either they turn 18 and they're able to go to college or they leave the house or whatever and they go on their own, a lot of times these people sometimes wild out. It's almost like the leash has been let off of them and then they wild out. Like they're trying mm-hmm. to discover themselves. Um, or that, And that's not even just the church. That's even sometimes strict parents. You know, um, they got this leash on them so tight that it almost damages them because they haven't really figured out who they are. They they never been affirmed. Mm-hmm. So I think, I don't know. It's, it's, I think finding your purpose in life, but being forced to do something that you don't, like I think once they finally figure it out, they just unleash. And then it kind of like damages their reputation or it takes them a long time. Like they, they get out on their own and they run around in circles for years until they finally grab on what they're supposed to be doing later on in life. Mm-hmm. Like they waste their 20s just wilding out. Like I ain't never got to do this. They get a taste of it. And it's just like, that's why I like for me, I stay away from alcohol. Like if I taste something that I like, I'm a wild out. So I think a lot of people taste what they like, whether it's, Drinking, uh, I don't know, partying. I don't know. They they get a taste of a certain lifestyle, and they like, well, I've been in church all my life, or my parents were so strict all my life. Now I got this taste of freedom. I'm about to, I'm about to go buck wild. Mm-hmm. So, um, I don't know. I don't know. I, I feel it though. Like there's a lot of pieces of me that feel it from being raised in the church, and also um, <laughs> feeling like I was used. And within the church, or my, I was trying to be pimped. And are you referencing since you've been a DJ? Yeah, that's when I started feeling it. Mm-hmm. That it was like when I played in the band, and I was a musician at the church. I was I was well respected, but when I started doing something that wasn't being a D, you you don't really see DJs associated with churches. But it was even before I was a DJ. It was um I was I was a um. I was, I started getting into the business of things. Mm-hmm. And entrepreneurs, not from the church background that I come from, entrepreneurs wasn't really glorified. If you wasn't a pat, if you wasn't a great preacher, or if you wasn't a great singer, or a great musician, everything outside of that realm really didn't get no, not that you do things for shine, but it was like, you was overlooked. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, I don't know. Like, but I felt it. And you, you, I was saying it back then. Like, yo, I just want to be used for what I do. I ain't trying to be in children's ministry no more. Or I, that's not. I don't feel led to do certain things. But they're trying to push me in that direction because they they need me over there. But that ain't my call. Mm-hmm. You know. So, like I said, bottom line is. I can understand where she was coming from. The only thing that was just damaging her was, well, the two things I think that was damaging her was the venom that she was spitting and the alcohol that she was drinking. Right. Right. So, I don't know. It, it, it's, a, it's, a, it's a thing that's still in, I, I will say, I don't feel that same way now. Mm-hmm. Because I feel like, I've gotten around 
um, I think I think my gift has attracted me to be around the right set of people that that adore it. And you have grown up spiritually too that you feel like it's okay to take your position and say no this is you know this is my package this is what i do this is my business i love the lord but this is my business Mm -hmm. so i think once you become a little bit stronger spiritually in telling the church people no Mm -hmm. that helps because sometimes people put that guilt on you like oh so you know you're not gonna do this and you know come on pastor come on brother come on you know and it's like no i'm not because this is my business and this is how i feed my family and how i take care of my household so love y'all but this is my business you don't go into a restaurant and say because i'm a christian or you don't go in chick-fil-a for example or hobby lobby some of these other christian businesses and be like oh okay because i'm a christian i need a discount and they do you're gonna pay full you're gonna pay full price because Mm -hmm. even though it's a christian-owned establishment and you're a christian that is the rules of engagement. You come in here, you find a product, you pay for it. And so Flat we out. in the church have to do a better job of respecting people's business, especially small business owners, and pay the price or go someplace else. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and, and I think, and this this, this is kind of like another conversation that I don't really want to get into, but I do want to get into it with some other, I, I want to bring some people around this, but um, I think things really took off for me once I dropped that, I used to have the title of being a quote-unquote Christian DJ. But now I really took that off and, and it seems like things went up for me. Um, You don't see Chick-fil-A saying we're a Christian chicken company or a Christian restaurant or Hobby Lobby. I think once we, I think we limit ourselves by putting certain titles on us. And once I let go of certain titles, it seems like my business went to a whole nother level. Um, I don't know. I think we, we just got to really be careful of how we title ourselves. So had to take a pause for a second, have some chicken in the oven. Really? Did you have not have chicken in the oven? Everybody didn't need to know that we took a pause for some chicken in the oven. Well, they just know saying. now. They know Good now. Lord. So, um, I don't know. I just think. We just got to really be careful how we titled ourselves. But switching subjects, let me segue out of that. Um, travel. I know I wanted to kind of deal with traveling and um, the importance of travel. Do you think in, traveling is important? Absolutely. I think it's definitely important. Um, I think you got to get out and see the world. You think it's important in what way? To 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 open your perspective of life because we can view life in our own bubble. Like this is what I see. I'm about to diverge off a little bit, but I'm coming back today. I had a meeting and I had, it was, it was in the neighborhood that I grew up in. I had no, I knew it was gonna, what street it was on, but I didn't realize it was going to be three blocks away from where I grew up in. And I, we're like totally different sides of the city now, and it was just kind of like it took. It made me reminisce, like man, this is where I grew up. Wow, I ain't been here in years. And then you, obviously, I seen the changes. There's, you know, and I'm not saying bad or good. I just seen changes. Mm-hmm. Something new buildings or buildings that's gone. Um, so I think 
now where I live, my perspective is different because it's just a different atmosphere. And I think travel is important just in that sense because you're based on the neighborhood that you grew up in. If you don't ever leave that neighborhood, you never really get to explore the city. So I think if you never leave your city, you never get to explore your country. If you don't leave your country, you never get to explore the the, the world, you know? Mm-hmm. And I think one of the reasons why I love traveling is, and it could be from city to city or state to state, um, island, island, like it can be different places. Like here living in America, of course we know about slavery. It wasn't until we went to some of these islands that I, that I learned that they dealt with slavery too. Yeah, how many um, British how the British um, had so many of this, these different countries yeah, <clears throat> underneath their reign and control. Yeah. Like when we was in Bahamas, um, they took, you know, we did the tour and the lady, the tour guy was explaining like how, you know, black people was building a lot of the stuff. She was pointing out like, we built this, they did that. And I was just like, wow, I thought slavery was just here. Somebody tell me, I, I could be wrong, but I even heard that there was slavery in Asia. I don't know, but I think I heard that there was slavery in Asia, certain parts where it was like they had slaves too. Like we're not the only ones who had slavery, mm-hmm. that experienced slavery. Um, I think certain parts of Russia, if I'm correct, I think I've heard that as well. Mm-hmm. Like there are certain parts of Russia where they dealt with slavery. Now, I'm not justifying like, oh, we ain't the only ones, but we ain't the only ones. The other thing, going to other countries or other places or even other cities and seeing how they like their culture could be totally different than our culture. Mm-hmm. So I just think everybody at a certain point in their life should take out time to go travel. Mm-hmm. And I don't care if it's the next city over. Absolutely. Because you know what the weirdest thing is here? We live in Dayton. You go to Columbus, it's a to- they they speak a totally different. different. Culture. You go to Cincinnati, it's a totally different culture and we're all within an hour of each other. Mm-hmm. Columbus reminds me of East Coast, like Absolutely. like New York, New DC. Jersey, it's like just that they got melting pot. They got a slang and the way they talk is totally different than we talk here in Dayton. And then you go to Cincinnati where you're from, to me, they can be very southern, almost country. My mom is from Cincinnati. She says things is totally different than the way I, you know, that I've learned. Like, her language is different. Um, and the kids be laughing. I'm like, that's the difference between Dayton and Cincinnati. Mm-hmm. Like, we're just totally different. But I think when you get out there and travel, you just you're just able to see things in a different perspective. And if you indulge in a culture, like, I think you have to go with the open mind of, like, for instance, the music in Miami is totally different than the music in New York. Oh, yeah. So if you go to a club in Miami, it's going to be probably, like, either a lot of salsa or a lot of drum and bass, like, heavy bass. Mm -hmm. But if you go to a club in New York, maybe back in the day, because stuff has changed, but... It's a lot more instrumental and more lyrical. Like it's more about the lyrics in New York. And I'm I'm talking hip hop. I'm more talking about hip hop. 
But when you go to the down south, it ain't even about the lyrics. It's about partying. Mm-hmm. So it's just like, and then you go to the West Coast. It's funny because they adopted a lot of the Midwest, the funk. That's what they call it G funk over there. Mm-hmm. So it's just kind of like cultures are different. Um, gangs. Even when you look at the gangs of the West Coast, the Crips and the Bloods, and and then you go to like the East Coast. It was like then you had organized mafias and stuff. I don't know. It's just cultures are different. I, I mean, I enjoy traveling because I just get to experience something different. So I appreciate living in the Midwest and living in Ohio because there's just cer- certain things here that are normal that just, you know, the fact that I don't have to get on the subway to get from one place to the next or catch a train or be waving down a taxi or you know things are so spread out um I have to drive an hour to go to work and an hour I mean you know so it's just certain things that I appreciate about living in the midwest that when you go out of town you don't you kind of take for granted you know um Mm -hmm. of what you have here so it's nice to visit but I always find myself excited to come home yeah because um I went to New York about a week ago now. About a week ago. Stayed there for about six days. And so I was putting in 12,000 steps a day. Easy. easy. Um, just because we had to walk from, you know, the hotel to the subway or walk from the hotel to Times Square, walk from the hotel to, you know, from one place to the next, restaurants or whatever. And so I just thought about it. I'm like, man, rain, sleet, snow, shine, people walking, you know. Um can't just jump in the car and just go. I mean, some people do, but it's just everything is so costly. You know, you have to pay and try to find parking. got to pay for parking. Some people take the subway. So one of our subway experiences, I went down there. I took um, five other colleagues with me to New York for this conference that we went to. And so we decided we were going to go downtown uh, New York and That's go to this restaurant. to my love. So, you know. We Ubered, uh, of course, you know, Ubering with a group of six, it was around like $68 each way um, oh, for us to Uber. Person. For us to Uber. And so we were like, okay, well, you can get on the train for, you know, a couple bucks and we just catch the train, the subway. So we go on down. The subway station was maybe about um, two or three blocks from the hotel that we were staying in. And we go down. And, of course, you know, you buy your little ticket, your little car, going through, going downstairs. It's about 7 o'clock in the evening. And not too many people down there, which was kind of surprising, but I guess people were home for the evening. And I had one of the colleagues, she said, don't turn around, just keep looking forward. Of course, you turned around. So, you know, your natural instinct is I didn't turn around because I trusted her, but everyone else around me, they turned around. And so they were like, oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God. So I'm like, okay, what is this? Somebody crazy? You know, what's going on? And it's rats looking like kittens down, walking down the little um, the subway station. And so I'm just like, please, sweet Jesus, please, please, please don't let one come down here. Because anybody that knows me knows I don't do pets and I don't do insects. And so I was like, oh, my God, I'm just going to faint. So and you will faint. And I will faint, literally. So I was like, oh, my God. So I'm like, okay, what are we going to do? We're going to just go on back up here and just catch an Uber and be done with it. Or, you know, the train kept saying, like, 
next stop, next stop. So, you know, it was like two minute wait. Like, okay, it's two more minutes. Can we, can we wait two more minutes? I mean, this was something like out of a movie. We were sitting there tripping, you know, and it's funny because it's other people that's in the train station and they're like unbothered, you know, like yeah, they used to what's it. wrong with y'all, you know, get over it. They ain't from here. So we were like, okay, cool. So train doors open up. We fly into the subway. Subway is packed. Okay. Now let me pause on this whole rat experience for a second. We get in this, get on the train. About two stops down, this lady gets on the train, and so when she gets on the train, she it's almost like she got a microphone. Her voice is so amplified, and she was like, "Excuse me, ladies and gentlemen." So we were like, "What the heck is she about to say?" You know, she about to say sell something like, "What is it?" Mm-hmm. We're in New York, so. She gives us a story about her father being ill. Um, she moved here um, to help take care of her father. And she needed somebody, you know, to give her some money, you know, because she needed some food for herself and for her father. And, um, you know, they were just on hard times. And it was so crazy because I'm telling you, like, all the seats are on the train full. People are standing. It was like nobody even responded. Like literally dead silence. So she was like, well, okay, thank you. God bless you. So the next stop comes, she gets off. So everybody's kind of looking at each other like, what the heck was that? You know? So one of the people on the train was like, oh, you get that all the time in New York. People get on here, perform, do all kinds of stuff, begging for money. So back to the rat story. So we, we go on down probably a couple blocks on the subway. Again, we're trying to get downtown. Um, we stayed in Manhattan and we were trying to get to the other side of town. And so the train doors open, subway doors open. And again, master go, splinter comes here. Here goes, here goes my colleagues. They're hollering. Ah, my God, oh my God. I'm like, what is it? So I'm screaming too. Cause they screaming, you know me, I'm screaming right with them. So I'm like, what is it? They were like, Oh my God, it was a rat that was trying to get on the train. So in my head, the door is closed just in time. I mean, like, this is freaking hilarious. So the door is closed just in time. And I'm thinking, can you imagine how we were going to act and cut up and act the fool on this train if this rat would have been running up and down that doggone train while we waiting on the next stop? We would have killed each other, okay? Because we were petrified. Yeah. So we have about three more stops. Boom, we get there. Get off. We actually went down there because we wanted to see 9-11, the 9-11 um, memorial, which is absolutely amazing mm-hmm. to see. Um, the last time we were in New York, I hadn't seen that. So it was it was wonderful. But um, And it really kind of takes you back to that moment. Um, you know, it was very, very moving to see. Um, but we get down there. And so <laughs> we went there. We went to dinner. And so my colleague, one of my colleagues, she was older. She was like, I would be paying for the Uber to go back because we were not getting back on that train. Mm. So we went on ahead. We did. We went on back um, Uber to the hotel. But what, you know, when we talk about traveling, I'm just thinking like that is people's everyday normal life experiences. You mean bring your bags on there, your groceries, your kids, everybody's on the train, get off, go about your business. Like no big deal. And I'm like, I could not imagine living on this subway every day. But you, you know, know what? People probably, they so used to it. 
I mean, and it it's not even, about class. It's not about class. But, it's about the rich, the poor, the middle class. I mean, everybody rides the freaking subway. But you know what? That's the other thing. Like, when I think about the difference between here, where we live, and there, I got a, I got a buddy that stays in um, one of the boroughs. I don't know. I can't remember. Uh, something Island. Um, I forget the name. Not Coney Island, but I forget the name. But anywho, he said, man, I sold my car. He was like, I don't even own a car no more. And I'm like, well, why not? He was like, you don't need a car in New York. And to me, I'm like trying to understand what he means. Like, And I know there's buses, there's trains, there's subways, there's taxis, you know, Uber. There's all these means of transportation to where, where we live. We get our car and go. Is or a bus or Uber at best. But Uber, yeah, Uber is kind of like circling the popular areas where there's you know restaurants and shopping and where people drinking. You know they're they're circling in that mo- majority of the time. I don't know how many people is taking an Uber. Like oh shoot, I need to run to the mall real quick. The Uber goes anywhere. I didn't say the Uber. I'm saying how many people here. I mean, Just, locally it's different, yeah. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like here, how many people are actually taking the Uber to go somewhere? Like you don't hear Uber where we live as a big thing. No. I mean, I've taken one before. I just went to see how it works. But you go to these bigger cities, that's a piece of their transportation. Mm-hmm. And one of the biggest questions that I always have, and if anybody, any of our listeners are in New York or a city that has all this transportation, I would like to hear this. How do you grocery shop? Because for it's us. These little markets on the corners, too. I mean, you know, I really didn't see like a full-blown Kroger's or nothing of that sort. I see markets. Um, my cousin lives in Harlem, and I did see him. He said that in the spring and summer, they have all these um, like farmer's market stands. Mm-hmm. So he said a lot of times that's where people just pick up their produce and, you know, it's a whole different vibe. But I didn't see, like, I'm sure there was, like, Walmarts and stuff. But I went into, like, a Walgreens, and they had, like, a little food thing because I was starving in New York because you have to walk everywhere. Shoot. So I New kept York some got stuff. A, they got a, um, food trucks everywhere. You could, yeah, but, but I you wasn't. Gotta, you but gotta I have was, cash. No, it wasn't that. It was that I was eating Trying oh, to eat clean. Gotcha. So it was like I was limited. But, um, you know, and so then you take that and then three days later I'm in Maryland. And it's a whole different vibe too, you know, in Maryland. Um, you know, more traditional to what I'm accustomed to right now. You know, get in your car and go wherever you need to go. But again, it's still that, I feel like it's still like that East Coast vibe a little bit in mm-hmm. Maryland. Mm-hmm. Um and so it was just like, oh my God, when I got in home, right? I was in Baltimore. And so, um, and I got a chance to see my stepsister and she drove me around all of Baltimore. So I was able to see all of it because I think last time I went to like DC area and Bowie, Maryland and another part Maryland. So that was kind of like the first time in a long time that I spent time in Baltimore. Cause the last time we was up there, we was in DC. We went to D.C. Yeah, we were in D.C. Yeah. Um, and then I know your sister used to live in Laurel. Mm-hmm. Um, but but my, uh, we went to Virginia. Um, yeah. That Ar- whole little Arlington. belt. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And so Baltimore was a little different. But, you know, it was cool. I had a good time. Got some good seafood. You know, you got to go to Maryland, eat seafood. 
So, I mean, just the travel experience. I have um, quite a bit of travel, um, 2019, between work and personal. And um, I enjoy it because I get a chance to just suck up the culture. Mm-hmm. And I just try to live like, where I am, you know what I mean? I don't force it, you know, whatever people eat, I try to try to assimilate my, my taste buds to eating that, um, you know, where people go, I try to, you know, go to those places so I can really experience it. I'm going to tell you what's funny too, is when we was in Mexico, um, Oh, that taco. Yeah. Like the tacos in Mexico. Okay. I don't know why my Apple watch is a Siri. I don't the the thing that was funny about Mexico was I did not enjoy the tacos there. Um and maybe stuff is just Americanized here. You know, like we Americanized stuff. But the tacos it was not El Rancho Grande. No, it it was like it was super bland to me. It and the and the um the shell, I had a soft shell and the shell was like Doughy. Soggy. Yeah, it was like, ew, what is this? Yeah, so I think our and he uh, was like, and no, no, no refund, no refund. Yeah, he was like, certainly asked for a refund, but yeah. he made it very clear, and no refund, no refund. Yeah, like their tacos is not this now, yeah. but when we was in Jamaica and oh. we had some of that jerk chicken, that was the bomb. Like, okay, now this is authentic. Next time, I think I'm gonna try the coconut water, the coconut. Yeah. Remember that remember this summer? No, that was Christmas. Yeah, that was Christmas. And they had it was just it was just eighty nine degrees I know, in December. It was, it was burning. And we, what was Dominican Republic. We yep. was in Dominican Republic. And they were like slicing the coconuts in half and then just putting the straw in it. Now I don't I like just about anything for real, but mm-hmm. I can't stand too much coconut. I don't like the um texture of the coconut. You know, like on like German oh, chocolate ch- cake oh, or something. That it. texture, I don't mm. like that texture. Uh, almond joy? Woo. No, I don't like that texture. It's too funny. But people were slurping down that <laughs> coconut. I that said, dude okay, was, next time I'm going to do That dude it. was, ch- he had. A machete. A machete. Yeah. And was chopping that mug. Like his forearms look like he can bench press off yeah. of his forearms. He, he was, I mean, just had it at the bottom of his hand and just. Like, he was skilled. And I was looking at him like my hands would have been gone. Yeah. So, next time we go, we need to push ourselves to try it. Yeah. We were just kind of like, eh, I don't know. Where and, them coconuts and I'm tr- But, because you know me, I'm a germaphobe. But they, well, the were, coconuts, they, they weren't they was, open. They weren't open. No, he was opening them up right yeah, in front of us. Yeah, he was opening I was just like, mm, yeah, no, no. They was on trees. Yeah. And you know, some people now, coming from the city, we li- we city people. And sometimes, like, even if you go to the country, like, in your own city, the culture is different. I'll never forget, um, I went to, like, a family reunion or something. And the oddest thing to me was see somebody pick an apple off a tree and just start eating it. Yeah, no. Sorry. I have to go and wash that mug off. A couple times. Like, how many bees or flies or insects that flew on this? But you go to some different cultures. And they do things differently. I mean, that's the Adam and Eve concept. You know, just go out here to the garden, grab something to eat and keep it pushing. But Yo. this is 2019. Yeah. And I don't trust nothing flying in the air and nothing under the ground just to be eating it. Yeah. I have to I, clean it, it scrub me it. Out. It tripped me Even out. meat I get from the, like, um, Kroger's, for example. You know how they have the meat where you can, they'll put it in the bag for you with the seasoning and all of that. Mm-hmm. And sip it. Oh, no. I'm not doing that because where has that meat been? How many people's hands been on it? I need you to put it in the package. Let me rinse it off at home and put it like I want to. Because people are dirty 
and they nasty. Yeah. So the yeah. answer is no. But speaking of travel, I just want to throw this in here that our kids are with family. And although they are not traveling out of the state. You talking about when we travel, our kids go I'm saying them? now, currently, okay. our kids are gone. Mm-hmm. Um, one is in Cincinnati and one is in Columbus. And they're with family. And, um, you know, they're getting a break from each other. This is spring break for them. So they're getting a break from each other. But um, I'm glad that they have the experiences um, even to travel even locally. I have had students that I know that don't even travel outside of the city of Dayton, which is like, huh, you know, but they're doing things like I know, um, my aunt took our daughter to Legoland in Columbus and my dad took my son go-karting and, you know, they're doing different museums. Cincinnati has a whole host of museums. So does Columbus. So they get to understand and experience the culture in the areas that they're in. Um, very interesting because they're not together and they're usually you see one, you see the other, but mm-hmm. they're on their own little mini vacation right now. Yeah. FaceTiming each other. And FaceTiming us. So FaceTime um has really changed the game. Well, I, they ain't changed the game, but being able to FaceTime and all four of us can be on. Yeah, I that's think pretty that, cool. Yeah, it's pretty cool. That's kinda how we end our night. Yeah, we end our night with good nights and all four of us on FaceTime. Yeah. Um, I'm going back to New York. Mm-hmm. It's amazing, and I'm going to go down south. It's amazing how some people are wondering about our lifestyle. Like, you guys drive everywhere? Or, like for me, people in big, let me, okay, people in big cities easily drive 45 minutes to an hour. Even in Atlanta, yeah. One way to work. And I know people here do it too, and 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 the traffic is a whole lot more cleaner here. Not really, but yeah, it is compared to Atlanta. Compared to Atlanta, but it's still horrible. Yeah, it can be horrible, but it's not as bad. It's mm-hmm. not as congested as Atlanta is. But for us, anything over thirty minutes is kind of like pushing it. Mm-hmm. Unless you live in Dayton, then you like you. Work in Cincinnati or something like that. I still hated it every day. Yeah, you, yeah. I lived in Centerville and drove to Cincinnati, which should have been a shorter drive, and I hated it every Because you were running the traffic, though. Day. Cincinnati traffic can kind of. It's no joke. Yeah, but especially when they're doing construction. But, you know, um, when you go, like, when you go down south and you talking to somebody that's, like, in Florida, like, deep Florida, they're like, man, their questions be, how you like the snow? I know, you'd be like, really? And to me, it's like, not a big deal. Like, oh, I hate it. But to them, they like, oh, I ain't never seen snow. It would be so freaking cool to basically not have to see snow all year. Excuse me. Like, if I can just be in the 50s as the low, Mm -hmm. that's like spring for me, okay? So you go places. Like, my mom, she lives in Florida. She was born and raised in Florida, and now she's retired back in Florida. And she's like, oh, it's been cold today. And I'm like. What's cold? Oh, what you mean? Oh, it's about 55, and it's raining. Girl, bye. That's short sleeve weather <laughs> to us. That's spring here, you know. But you know. Like, did I, you forget you haven't been gone that long? You know that's spring weather I think, here, right? I think people's blood is different in these bigger cities. 
I mean, he's uh, you know, based on where you live. If you live down south, your blood is thinner. But when you move more up north, I think your blood gets thicker because to us, fifty degrees. Take my coat off and wear some wear some sandals. Fifty degrees is like paper thin jacket. Yes, heat wave for me. Yeah, with short sleeves on up under it, not even zipped up. Yeah, and the same thing with Texas people. Like if you live like Arizona, Texas, Florida, like really hot places. You like, oh, it's cool. Like when we went to Vegas, they like, oh, it's gonna be a little chilly, sixty degrees. Right. I'm good with that. But they get that 120, 110 yeah. well, degrees. Yeah. I'm not going there at 120, but yeah. I'm there and during like we went last month. No, two months ago we went to Vegas and it was perfect. It was like sixty degrees, sunny. It was perfect. I think at night it might have fell into like the low. And you see people with full blown sweatsuits bundled up and you Coats, like hats. Like where they we going? We looking at them like, what's wrong with y'all? Yeah, yeah. So, and, oh, back to New York. One more thing. When we was there the last time when we went, I was on Zillow, and oh, of course yeah. we're of I'll course we're in Manhattan. But the realest, this is where I'd be like, okay, you know what? There's pros and cons to everything. A one bedroom, take that back, a studio apartment in Manhattan, and we talking seven, eight hundred square feet, one point five million. Mm-hmm. You know what you would get for one point five million in yeah, in be living in Columbus? Here. Oh my, that's what you would consider a a huge mansion. Oh yeah, five hundred thousand. Is a nice mansion, a nice house here. Not a mansion, but a very nice house. Mm-hmm. But when you start crossing to that $800, $900, one million dollar mark, you start getting into mansions here. There in New York, you only get in like a one bedroom. Yeah, especially like in Manhattan area. So is and even when you start going to like the Bronx or or Brooklyn, mm-hmm. it's expensive there. Harlem. Yeah, Harlem. You, a two bedroom, they paying fifteen hundred. <laughs> Fifteen hundred here. Yeah, getting a roommate. Fifteen hundred here is a three hundred thousand dollar house. Mm-hmm. Twenty six hundred square feet. Twenty six hundred square feet. Mm-hmm. So it's just kind of like it's perspective, but that's the reason why I think traveling is beautiful because you can look at different perspective. You can count your blessings, or you can say, "I wish I had." Well, that's why I think it's important for kids to travel too, because a lot of times, you know, these kids grow up, leave school, and they pick these random places to stay. Mm-hmm. I mean, true, you should go for the college if you're going for college. But you pick these random places to stay, but you haven't experienced them. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's important for them to get a sense of, you know, oh, when I went so-and-so, I really liked that area. It felt, you know, that was cool, or I like the climate, I like the people, you know. So it's important for kids to travel. But I want to say something about New York, because I bought you back a special treat. I was thinking about you. Mm-hmm. New York's own finest cheesecake. From Juniors. Juniors, yeah. That was good. And I Yo, took I that or- through TSA and all kinds of flight delays. And I think it was organic, too. I think it said something about organic. I think so. I don't know. I know Juniors is very popular. I tore that cheesecake But up. I brought that all the way home just for you, for my sweetie. And I appreciate it. My sweetie had some sweets from New York. I don't think I've ever heard of Juniors either until you bought it to me. And then I took it to work. And it was somebody was like, Juniors, when was you in New York? And I was like, Oh, you heard of this place? Yeah. I was like It's a very famous cheesecake yeah, place. Yeah, I never me, I'm a cheesecake factory guy. So I was just And I heard they sell it at Kroger's now too. Oh. The plain cheesecake. 
I don't know about the flavors. Well, it must be huge then. But um, we're going to wrap this thing up. Yeah, because we got kids we got to call back before they go to bed. Because my son is going to call about a thousand times. Until you pick up. Until we pick up. Help yep. him, Lord. Help him, Lord. So, I am DJ Dorsey. And I am Maya Dorsey. And this is another episode of the Dorsey Den Podcast. We out. Until next time.